Tuesday, August 9th, we're talking heat sheet and uh, a cold sheet. We're talking about four teams that have been really hot since the All-Star break, four teams that have been not really hot since the All-Star break. So we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and whether we truly buy the good and the bad. Before we do that, we're going to have some uniform discourse because the Field of Dreams uniform for the Cincinnati Reds is hot. Yes. Uh, And I also have to grill you on something. Peter, how was your weekend? Weekend was very good. Got some much needed rest last night, ready to rock on this Monday. Um, Yes, I'm excited to talk about top five uniforms, but generally when you either come at me with something or if you have some hypothetical or if you have a stat that you want to read, you never tell me beforehand. So I just want to know I'm coming in cold to this, but that doesn't mean I'm not sharp. So good sleep, feeling sharp, ready for you to come at me before we talk about uniforms. Let's get it out of the way early. Well, and we talked about the money period on on Friday. I think we were going to record on Friday, and we were talking about um, when the best time during the day is to record. And you feel like your your neurons are firing best in the early to mid afternoon. We're recording yes. at three on Monday, um, so your neurons are firing. Now, I'm putting you on the stake. You were talk bullied by a couple of people about putting Splenda in your coffee, and yes. I see your gambling video your iced coffee video on Mondays that you put out and there's no Splenda in your coffee. Did you give in to the haters? Partly. Yes. Yeah. Partly. Yes. Yeah. Did a little bit more research into it. It really is just chemicals, isn't it? <laughs> it totally is. It totally yeah. is. Kind of scared um, me. But, but like, that's what, that's what like, I also, Diet Coke and shit is. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't drink Diet Coke at all. So I'm like, if I don't drink Diet Coke and I think it might be worse than regular Coke because of those chemicals, how can I sit here broadcasting to thousands of people putting in a substance that is just a representation of Diet Coke? I can't okay. under good conscience. But on the same side, is this worse? Okay. All right. Let me level with you here. I have a new creamer, zero grams of sugar, but it's sweet. It's got like a caramel macchiato type taste. Yeah. And that's all I need in the iced coffee. But am I just going down the same road with that because it's no sugar, but it's there's there's it's sweet. Like I don't know what to tell you. It's sweet. So no, because there are better uh, sweeteners than like aspartame. Now okay. for me, aspartame is my favorite food. I I love it. Uh, aspartame and sugar are my two favorite foods. Um, and MSG. <laughs> and MSG and uh, any any color that has like a very sciencey word after the end of it that you see on the back of like Swedish fish and stuff. So those are my favorite foods. Um, now, I mean, like, here's the thing. I would totally buy into this and I would totally look for the those berries that are sweetened, like natural sweeteners. But in the reality, I when I'm tired at like 7 p.m., I'll pick up a, a Diet Coke or a Diet Pepsi and I'll see, wow, zero calories, zero grams of sugar. That's for me right now. I'm going to do it. I think you let me off easy. I thought you were going to come at me for what I put out on Twitter about Spencer Strider's comments. No, what did you say about Strider's comments? I basically just said baseball in a nutshell because he was complaining and I understood how Mets fans take it. It's like, stop crying. You didn't get lucky. What I was looking at it at, because I wasn't really putting a lot of stock into him complaining because it didn't feel like that much to me. It more felt to myself, yes, that's what baseball is. Sometimes the BABIP gods, like sometimes the ball is just getting put in play and it's making it through the five, six hole. The watching baseball, gambling on baseball all year long, you see so many just so much weird shit happen throughout a baseball game that sometimes it's like, well, yeah, sometimes we did fall into a little bit of bad luck. Like, do I think Spencer Schreider was completely complaining? Do I think it was all bad luck with him? No. But I just saw that tweet and I'm like, yeah, that's baseball in a nutshell right there. Just nothing really matters. And we're going to talk about hot and cold teams and how there's 
tons of Phillies fans in my comments being like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Look how hot we are. And like other teams like that are falling off cliffs now with the Yankees, for example, we're going to talk about cold teams. It's like all of these teams are going to go through hot and cold periods. That doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean they're good. Let's look at a larger sample. But at the same side, I mean, let's talk hot and cold, but we're going to talk uniforms first. Yes, we are going to talk uniforms first. Um, the the Strider thing, uh, I, I understand what you're saying, like baseball in a nutshell. I think we approached it from different angles. And and you can hear Arm and my thoughts on it on the on the just baseball show from yesterday, but um you're listening, you're 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 recording with me right now without yes. having listened to that. Um all all I'll say is like I think we approached it from different points of view where I watched his interview with Rob Friedman because I was in love with how Strider was throwing. And I'm still in love with how Strider was throwing. I know a lot of people in my life that are defensive people. I was a defensive person at one point. I don't view myself as a defensive person now because I feel like it's just healthier for me. I feel like if I acknowledge a fuck up and then move on, we're good. Um, I have no problem if somebody is defensive about something and I do pick my spots. If I know that I'm in the right, I will get defensive about something. Um, what, what really got me about Strider and what really got me about those comments after the Mets game was a month before with Rob Friedman, he was talking about how being defensive is the worst thing and how he looks down on people being defensive because he wants to give it all he can and he doesn't want to make excuses for himself. And within a month, He's sitting here talking to national media, doing nothing but make excuses. So I have no problem with Spencer Strider being defensive. I have a problem with Spencer Strider being hypocritical, but he is a rookie. He will learn. Charlie Morton will pull him aside. Max Fried will pull him aside. Hell, Acuna might pull him aside and say, hey, man, let's be pros here. He's going to be a pro. He's going to learn from this. I think that this is a one-time occurrence with Strider. Still really like Strider, but he's got to know that he was not, you know, doing anything to support his claim that he is a no excuses person because he just made a shit ton of excuses. And on the same side, he's got some high velo, but he ain't DeGrom. He ain't DeGrom. I put out on Twitter, put peak DeGrom against any pitcher in Major League history. 102, back foot slider. I still think when he's throwing the changeup, it's one of the best changeups in baseball. When he's on, say goodnight. The Mets are a dangerous team come October. And I know that's the big news from the weekend, of course, because you look at the top two pitchers in the rotation, you look at a guy like Edwin Diaz and you say, and then the offense, it's like, how really can they lose? And I don't think that's just like one of those national narratives that should kind of be swept under the rug. The Mets are one of the best teams in baseball. They proved it against the Braves. They are a scary bunch. And Buck Showalter is one of the best managers in baseball. They got all systems covered. And there are few teams that I would put up against them and say, oh, yeah, that team will beat them, especially if the Dodgers don't get Bueller back. I mean, the Astros, the Mets could win the World Series. They're phenomenal. The Mets could win the World Series. Uh, It was great to see about 10 minutes of the hour-long SportsCenter on Monday morning talking about the Mets and the Yankees. That was awesome because SportsCenter tends not to touch baseball with a 10-foot pole for more than two minutes at a time. But they spent about five to 10 minutes talking about the dominance of the Mets recently and the Yankee struggles, but how they are the 270 win teams, not named the Dodgers right now. And I think not named the Astros. Like it is very impressive what New York baseball has turned into so far this year. Um, the Yankees did make your cut uh, for sexiest uniforms on earth. Um, yes. Walk me through the other ones. Cause again, the Field of Dreams game is next week. It's Cubs, Reds. The Cubs is fine. The Reds is gas. Yes. And uh, that got our group text thinking about a lot of the best jerseys uh, that are in baseball. I'm a simp for baby blues. Yeah. And I'm a simp for pinstripes. Yeah. Debate a wall if you don't think that the Yankees pinstripes are in the top five. Okay. Timeless. Classic. Dare I say 27 rings. I'm not going to say that's kind of annoying, but the uniforms by itself Phenomenal. They're always going to be in the top five. I At number four, I had those new Reds unis, the throwbacks from I think 1917 is when they were dated from. Yeah, The helmets and the hats are almost cooler than the jerseys. Would you agree yeah. there? Yeah, because it's it's like not neat pinstripes. It is. Yeah. Um, it looks really good. They hit the old-timey feel really well. I think the White Sox and the Yankees in the Field of Dreams game last year – I think they put together better uniforms for that. 
Um, but I think that the Reds, like the hat and the helmet in particular, so sick. Those scream Dyersville, Iowa. And like I said, simp for baby blue. So get into some honorable mentions before I get into the top three. The Phillies have some incredible baby blues. The Braves have some awesome throwbacks. I think the Royals baby blues. I remember seeing a Brewers baby blues. Those are all great. But if we're getting into the top three now, the Marlins city connects the red with the white pinstripes, the blue hats, that picture of Sandy with the Marlin City Connect is one of the hottest pictures in Major League Baseball going around right now. He looks fire. Those jerseys look incredible. And imagine if the Marlins could win games on top of it. Yeah. I hear Wouldn't you. that be incredible? It would be incredible. Um, I'm Jazz pulling... Chisholm in those red jerseys, the flair of Miami, the city, the culture. It's all wrapped up into those, and I think they're awesome. That's my third. What do you think about the list so far? I like the list so far. Here's what I will say. I thought that these, the gray Red Sox road that just said Boston, I thought those were clean as fuck. But keep going. Sometimes I want you to seriously answer me. I, I am serious. No, I love this. Not. I have a Xander Bogarts number 72 jersey from when yeah. he debuted. In the, it's gray and it says Boston. Those look like chalk. Tears. Did you Number ask two, serious on this podcast? I did. Number two, of course. Now I'm forgetting what I posted on the TikTok. Go follow us, by the way, at Just Baseball Fans. It was St. Louis, right? St. Louis Baby Blues. Yeah. Picture of Harrison Bader in them. Fire. Love those Baby Blues there from the Cardinals. And number one, your South Side, Chicago, full black, yeah. pinstripes. I, those are some of the best jerseys I've ever seen of all time. Yeah. And I was mostly looking at jerseys kind of that we're using around today. So I didn't go far back in time. Right. There have been some great ones. Like I was always a fan of those Diamondbacks ones. Um, we could just n- go through a bunch of them. I don't know, throwing it over to you to put name some of those that come to mind, but Chicago, South Side, all black, yeah. unreal. One more joke and then I'll be serious. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars color rush, just vomit green, yellow. It's it's something. The it Dijons. doesn't look good. Yeah, the Dijon mustards, uh, the Jacksonville Dijon mustards. Those are my favorite. Um, Isn't it funny that Blake Bortles took them to a championship game? Yes, it is. Who were the other good players on that team? <laughs> Jalen Ramsey. Um, they had a couple really good DNs on that well, team. Wasn't Allen Robinson still on that team? I'm pretty sure that you're right there. They had a really good defense. I remember their secondary being legit. That was an actual Jaguars team that played really well. Now they have Trevor Lawrence. I wonder what they're going to do this year. But this is the just baseball show. The Expos jerseys, I like those. I think the Expos jerseys are sick. They are awesome. It's one of my favorite jerseys of all time. Uh, I also think that the Mariners had some phenomenal jerseys in the 90s. Uh, Incredible. Incredible. A Rod Griffey in those. Yeah, I mean, even Ichiro in the early 2000s. Like, yes. so hot, so hot. Um, speaking of hot, yeah, time, baseball? Transition. Let's do- <laughs> transition. Whoosh. That, was the, that was the verbal whoosh instead of the actual whoosh that I have on my laptop that I put in when we have an interview. Um, that was very loud, by the way. I just yelled into the mic. Sorry if I burst through your headphones. I apologize for that one. No, you're good. Do we want to go hot, cold, hot, cold, or do we want to do four hot, four cold? Let's do four cold, four hot, because people oh. are going to want to hear about the hot teams, and then maybe you uh, – people love when we slander teams. Let's talk cold, then hot. People love hate. Yeah. Oh, my God. I oh. love hate. I love hate, I'm too. I'm a huge fan. Embrace debate, embrace hate. Uh, four cold teams. Start with the Yankees, Pete. Um, the New York Yankees are really – really struggling right now uh the yankees at the moment have lost five in a row they're four and six in their last 10 they're gonna win the al east toronto is back by nine and a half games but tampa who doesn't look that good is 11 and a half back baltimore they're not like really gonna do this they're 13 and a half back and then the the red sox we're gonna get to in a moment here um but the yankees i i find them very interesting because what Aaron Judge has done since the All-Star break is comical and insane. He's got, what, 10 bombs, 27 driven in since the exactly. All-Star break. 
He's exactly. on pace to shatter Maris's single season home run record, but everybody else is just stinking it up. Yes, I'd like to remind everyone that Giancarlo Stanton has been out for a little while. Anthony Rizzo has been out for a little while. And, you know, you watch Yankee games and some days the pitching shows up, offense doesn't show up. Some days the offense shows up in droves, pitching doesn't show up. Even the last series against the Cardinals, I felt like that was perfectly illustrated by what I just said. First game, offense doesn't show up. Pitching, Nestor looked pretty good in a start where he's facing one of the best teams in baseball against left-handed pitching. Then you move forward to that 1-0 game, Jordan Montgomery game where motions are running high. Even Domingo Herman gave you a good start. I wish he didn't. I wish he'd get DFA'd, but he's still on the Yankees, and it's annoying, but offense didn't show up. Then the probably the worst umpired game I've ever seen in that game, the, the umpire scorecard, Red plus three runs for the Cardinals. There was a million different calls um, on the outside part of the play with runners on for the Yankees, but they lost 12 to nine. So the offense came to play, pitching didn't. Frankie Montas did not look good in his debut. Another guy, I'm being asked, are you worried about him? Of course not. It's his first start. He's coming over, new catcher. There are some pitchers who performed very well with their first. We're going to talk about a hot team later. Don't want to spoil it, but I'll just fuck it. I'll spoil it because Cardinals. Jose Quintana pitched extremely well for the Cardinals in his debut. Sometimes you get a good one. Sometimes you get a bad one. That's baseball. That's why I was talking about Spencer Strider. Like sometimes shit happens. Not everyone can be perfect. So the Yankees, it's a combination of not everybody showing up. And the bullpen has not been as strong. Clay Holmes has not been that same dominant reliever. I have no idea why they sent down Ron Marinacho and Clark Schmidt has been really good in their bullpen too. It's just, it's, I mean, what did I say at the beginning of the year, Jack? When we were talking about the Yankees, you know, I've gone in my lulls where I'm like, wow, this might be the best team of all time. What was I always thinking in the back of my head? Uh, you were always thinking that they were going to find time to disappoint, right? It's just how it is. Yeah. It's just how it is. And here it is. It just came way later than I would have expected, but it was bound to come. We're going to talk about, I mean, not that they deserve to be in the cold streaks, but it's not like the Astros have been playing that well either too. And they were playing like the A's getting beaten up by Seth Brown and co. I mean, it's just, it's baseball. It's shitty. It's the worst sport ever. That's why it's the best sport ever. Yes. Um, What I will say is they laid the best groundwork in baseball to the point where like when the time came where they'd be disappointing and they lose five in a row, doesn't really matter that much for the Yankees. What I will say is since the all-star break, the Yankees have the fifth worst staff ERA in baseball. Uh, that is the pitching and everybody pitching wise, not named Nestor Cortez and Aram and I just talked about it on yesterday's show as well. Like Nestor has been good uh, in his last five starts, but he's really it. And you can't rely on Nestor to have a sub two ERA through the end of the year. Um, I don't think you have to adjust your standards for Yankee pitching, but I want Yankee fans to acknowledge that everything went right for Yankee pitching in the first half. And now not everything's going to go right for the rest of the season. And in the postseason, not everything is going to go right. Um, I appreciate power in numbers. I initially did not like the deal for the Yankees in the, in the Jaymont and Bader thing. I think that you thought differently, but I bet you're kind of coming around here after you see what Jaymont did to the Yankees. No, I'm not. Okay. I, you know, I want to see Bader come back. I kind of expected Jaymont to shove a little bit. I thought there was going to be two, two sides of the coin. I was like, he ain't throwing a mediocre start, right? That's, I came out, I said that on the Twitter spaces. I said that earlier in, in the TikTok lives. I'm like, and because people were all asking, should I bet the over, right? It was the Yankees who have crushed lefties all year against Domingo Herman, who sucks. Yeah. So and it was like the over, I'm like, I wouldn't bet on it because Jamont is either going to have an emotional start where he dominates the Yankees or he's going to get blown up because he starts to nibble and then the Yankees take advantage. We just got one side of the coin. We got a phenomenal start from Jamont. Yeah. Emotional. He's seen the Yankees before. He's been on the Yankees. He knows all the weaknesses. I'm not that concerned. But at the same time, I love it for the Cardinals. I'm, I'm just not saying I think that it's a regretful trade. What I do think is regretful is the Benatendi move, who has been awful since. Like, that's what I was always thinking when he came back to the Yankees. I'm like, this guy's really overrated. 
No wonder they didn't give up that much because he's not that great. He's a batting average merchant, at least in my eyes. He's not a great fielder. He's not great on the base pass. He's a seven hitter. He's even batting ninth for the Yankees in some lineups. That's what he is. You didn't get an all-star caliber outfielder like a lot of people are calling him. You got a decent corner, in my eyes. So that's where I'm at at the Yankees. We can move on. Yeah, I mean, you, you got an all-star, uh, but I'm with you. Like, Benintendi was a very non-impactful all-star. Um, was he deserving of the all-star nod with the Royals? Yes. Would sure. he have been deserving of an all-star nod if he was on the Yankees the entire year? Probably not. Yeah. Um, he's a 300 hitter, but he, he was not impacting the ball at all. Three home uh, runs. Yeah, exactly. Next team for you is the Boston Red Sox. They're two games under 500. They're four and six in their last 10. They've dropped their last two. They are the only team in the American League East with a negative run differential. Baltimore is fourth in the division. They've got a plus four run differential. The Red Sox are minus 30. The Red Sox are actually worse than the Yankees in terms of staff ERA since the All-Star break. There are three teams with a staff ERA north of five since the All-Star break. Colorado is a 5-3-8. Colorado's always going to be up there with their home ballpark. Boston has a 6-3-7 staff ERA. And the Nats have a 6-5-0 because the Nats suck. Um, I mean, poopy. I don't. I don't know how to like. I don't know how to spin this season positively at all for the Boston Red Sox. I don't think there's a way because while you have on-field woes, you also have clubhouse issues in terms of communication with the front office. You also have contractual disputes. You also have the looming free agency of your franchise cornerstone at shortstop on the docket. You also have an unhappy superstar third baseman, Rafi Devers, who wants to get paid and is not even getting dialogue about getting paid right now. J.D. Martinez was floated as trade bait. It always sucks when you're floated as trade bait and you don't go anywhere and you have to return and put on the uniform of the team that wanted to shell you out for a prospect return. There is nothing going right with the Boston Red Sox right now. And whatever positives you can take away, there's probably a greater negative within that specific area tell me if i'm off here the red sox are the most disappointing team in baseball this season there's a lot of teams you could throw in there you could throw in there the white Sox, of course you could throw in there the angels yeah we have to remember the red sox went to the alcs last year and now they are in last place below the orioles and i saw a comment and i kind of ratioed him on accident (laughs) because someone said this is such a bad take we're in rebuild mode how are you in rebuild? How are mode? you in rebuild mode? You're the. How are you in rebuild side. mode? I mean, you didn't rebuild at the deadline. It's not like you traded away some of your guys. You didn't do that during the off season. That didn't make any sense to me. So I don't view the Red Sox that they're in rebuild mode. They were planning on competing this year. They were competing earlier in the year. But when J.D. Martinez, and he starts to get a little injured and he's not hitting, Rafael Devers gets a little injured, he's not hitting, there's nobody who hits. And then you combine that with just a terrible rotation when the best guy lately has been Cutter Crawford. And Cutter Crawford then again got blown up by the Royals. Nate Eovaldi has an enormous home run problem. Josh Winkowski is just not ready yet. He may never be ready. The Brian Bayo experiment hasn't worked yet. Not that it won't work in the future, but it certainly hasn't worked this year. Yeah. Chris Sale going on the shelf after the after the finger got broken yeah. to the Yankees. There is nothing going right. And I don't even think you could be like, oh, they're just all injured. I mean, they're all playing. J.D. Martinez-Devers, they're playing. Verdugo, Story has been out. I get it. But that's it. And it's not like Story was having this incredible season. Eovaldi's back. I know Sale's injured, but Whitlock is back in the bullpen. How are they so injured on top of it? I just think they suck. And I'm red. Like, I've been saying, too, I'm like, we can't count the Red Sox out yet. We can't count them out yet. The manager is too good. They have too good of a too good of a relationship. But I think that shit got a little messed up when they traded Vasquez and Heimblum probably had that conversation. I was watching them in the series against the Royals. They lost three or four and looked like garbage. I gave up on them after that series. I'm like, this is not, I don't see them coming back. Do you? I don't. Um, I, 
it, it's hard for me to really understand like where again getting defensive like it's hard for me to understand where the Red Sox fans can be defensive about this team and kudos to Red Sox fans because the majority of Red Sox fans that I've interacted with have aired out their frustrations about the 2022 Boston Red Sox because yes you can default to this team is super hurt guess what everybody gets super hurt at points like that is professional sports Um, the Titans were still a good football team even though Derrick Henry missed nine weeks because they game planned for plan B if they're future Hall of Fame running back got hurt. That's what good teams do. Good teams are the LA Dodgers, where Chris Taylor goes down, James Outman comes up and succeeds immediately. (laughs) And then Miguel Vargas comes up. He's ready to make impact. Or you make effective trades. That's what good teams do. The Red Sox, traditionally, historically, are a very good team. They've had guys fill in. I mean, nobody wanted David Ortiz, and they went and got David Ortiz, and he turned into Big Poppy. Um, what what I do think that the Red Sox are lacking right now is serious depth. They never had it. You always looked at the top five of that lineup and said, oh, they're going to head back to the ALCS. What if two of them are hurt? Then yeah. it turns into a top three, and anybody can have a good top three. Um also, like that that rebuilding thing, I think that dude is uh, should check himself into an asylum because a rebuilding team does not sign Trevor Story and sign James Paxton, Michael Waka, and Rich Hill in the same offseason. To your point about Red Sox fans understanding this, the most liked comment on that video is, as a Sox fan, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. They get it. They are also the same fans that saw their team finish in last place and then the next year win the World Series. Right. They're not delusional. They know good baseball when they see it. And you can't look at this Red Sox team and think that's good baseball. It's pathetic. It And it's not even – I'm not even blaming the players because of that weird deadline. I know they've been dealing with injuries all year. But they look like they weren't even trying. It just – it was a pathetic showing versus this Royals team who, you know, people are saying, oh, maybe this Royals team's really heating up. No, I think they just no. ran into like a dog shit team right now. And like, I, I love the Royals young bats, Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny Pascantino, Nick Prado, MJ Melendez. I mean, we could, Bobby Wood Jr., we could continue. Right. But they're not ready yet. And they just ran into some Red Sox pitchers who are just not very good. Yes. And they ran in their pitchers like Brad Keller ran into a lineup that ain't trying. If you get one run in six innings off Brad Keller, something is up. I don't I'm care what his ERA is. Something is up. Go watch that guy. Tell me he's good. I can't. Yeah. I hear you. I, I understand. I empathize. Um, so if we were to look at, you know, like panic levels, one through 10 for the Yankees, I think I'm at like a three. I was going about to say three. Agree. There are problems. They are not perfect. They're not winning 125 games. Are they still the best team in the American League? Maybe outside of the Astros? Yes, of course they are. Are they the top five team in baseball? Yes, Yes. of course they are. So did they drop from two to three or four? Yeah. Yeah. They're not the best team in baseball like they were. But are they still one of the front runners for the World Series? Of course. Red Sox? Red Sox, like, I would say like nine or 10, but that would be like, oh, I'm really concerned about their, you know, postseason chances. Like, I just don't think they have any postseason chances. No. No. Yeah. Uh, N.A., non-applicable. Colby, Colby, our Red Sox guy, he he said it best, too. He's like, you know what I'm expecting? In September, they're going to win 12 in a row and become one game short of the wild card just to titillate Red Sox fans. I'd be be in on that. That would be be awesome. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just rip their heart out of the last day of the season. That would be hilarious. They've won enough. Like, it's time to lose miserably. Boston sports, give the rest of the country some wins. The Patriots, the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox. You've won enough. You can take a little hate. Yeah, I think you can. Um, Give some of it to San Diego. But... San Diego just got swept by the Dodgers. One to ten panic level for the Dodgers or for the Padres. Um, I think it's the same as the Yankees. Three or four. 
Yeah, I'm not worried about them. But at the same time, we got to talk about them because since they've gotten, you know, Josh Bell, Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, everybody under the sun, they just haven't been performing well. But I think they just ran into an absolute juggernaut. I think that goes to show how good the Dodgers are. At the same time, let's let this Padres team mesh a little bit. A lot of new guys in the lineup, new faces coming across the country, new ballpark. Let them relax. A lot of pressure going on, understandably so. But at the same time, this Padres lineup doesn't look as lethal as I think a lot of people thought from the get-go, but it still is very good. We're going to see Blake Snell pitch tonight against the Giants. Yeah, um, We're recording, of course, on Monday to release on Tuesday. Let's see how he does. Let's see if they win that game. I think it's going to be low scoring. We'll see how they perform against the Giants. But yeah, I mean, the Padres are not perfect. I think that's the main point of this is that they have not overtaken the Dodgers, not by any stretch. And even come playoff time, they are no lock, no lock to make the World Series or even the ALCS. Or NLCS. Yeah. Can we, yeah. <laughs> can we acknowledge that this was our whole point of concern with AJ Preller? This was our entire point of concern. You get Juan Soto, you get Josh Bell, you get Brandon Drury, you get Josh Hader. You ace the trade deadline. I'm looking at the National League. The Dodgers are better. The Mets are better. Yep. The Braves are better. Yep. You are the fourth best team in the National League after acquiring Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, and Josh Hader. Yep. That's what you were going for here. And for me, like I am... wait, can I fix that for a second? I yeah. think they're uh no, actually, never mind. I was gonna call them a better playoff team because they have two studs at the top, they have hater, and they have a lethal offense with now Juan Soto who's been a proven playoff guy. But I, what the Braves haven't proved it? I mean, the Mets top two, Dodgers. And so I was like, no, actually, I don't want to change it. That's that's the list. There it is. I think they're the fourth best team in the national league. Agreed. Um and, and I mean, what, what Atlanta has in offensive depth, what the Dodgers have in offensive depth, the Padres don't have it. What the Padres have in top end talent offensively, especially when Tatis comes back, is better than anybody in baseball. Like the four best hitters for the San Diego Padres are better than everybody else in baseball. But here's the thing about baseball. Unlike basketball, three guys cannot take over for the entirety of a game. If you've got... Tatis hitting the leadoff, Soto in the two-hole, Machado hitting third, Bell hitting fourth, Drury fifth. You got four other spots, six, seven, eight, nine. They might struggle a little bit. And all that is a moot point up top if Blake Snell implodes or if Clevenger gets lit up in the fifth inning. That's why you need to have balance. Musgrove is really good. He has not thrown very well recently. There is no such thing as a foolproof starting pitcher. Starting pitchers get rocked sometimes. We talk about Clayton Kershaw's postseason ad nauseum. Everybody talks about Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. Because Clayton Kershaw, first ballot Hall of Famer, borderline best pitcher of our generation, has kryptonite occasionally. He runs into bad starts occasionally. That's what happens to starting pitching. You throw so many innings, you're going to have to normalize a little bit unless your name is Bob Gibson. Um, so there is no foolproof way to win the World Series. Exhibit A, the L.A. Dodgers. There's no foolproof way to win the World Series. They won it in 2020. It was That's a 60-game regular season. That's it. They have been favored in like every season since 2017 or 2018, and they haven't done it aside from 2020. The only team to seem to have figured it out is the Astros, really. I mean, the Astros seem – they've made what? Five straight ALCSs in a row? Okay, but who won the World Series last year? Exactly. Who won the World Series in 2020? How about exactly. 2019. Yep. Yeah. Like there's no I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just putting a team who's also been there besides the daughters. Like we give the daughters so much credit. The Astros have absolutely continued to be there. Yeah. But again, Red Sox World Series, Braves World Series, Dodgers World Series. There have been a lot of letdowns there. And just to end on the Padres point, you know, I'm looking at run differential. You wouldn't think that the Padres have a plus 32 and the Giants have a plus 22. You wouldn't think that. You wouldn't think that the Padres' run differential would be less than the Brewers. You wouldn't think that it would be about 30 runs less than the Phillies. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't think 
that like the Minnesota Twins and the Padres have a very similar run differential, that the Rays are right below the Padres. Like this is not a full juggernaut team. Are they going to click and maybe we'll be proven wrong here? Maybe, but at the same time, the Padres haven't proved anything yet. So until they do, I'm not going to give them their flowers. Just like I was at the beginning of the year, I ain't giving them their flowers like a team that I want to, like the Cardinals, who we're going to talk to when we talk hottest teams. But let's talk about how much the Brewers suck right now and the cold teams. Yeah, Brewers uh, have lost two in a row. They're four and six in their last 10. Um, they have relinquished the NL Central. You remember yep. right before the deadline, I asked you if you had to, if I gave you a $100 bill and you put money down on the Cardinals or the Brewers to win the NL Central, we both said the Cardinals without really batting an eye. And here we go. The Brewers had to put out a statement about their big trade made at the deadline. And the Cardinals got Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana. They got two good starting pitchers to deal with their starting rotation. Um, The Cardinals are the best team in the National League Central, and it isn't close. The Brewers are likely going to hold on to one of those wildcard spots. As it stands right now, ah, Milwaukee is a game and a half back of San Diego for that final wildcard spot. There's a chance that the Brewers might not even get in. They're five games clear of San Francisco, who's, you know, six and a half back at that final wild card spot. But I don't see I, I certainly don't see Atlanta relinquishing that the first wild card spot. Philly, San Diego, Milwaukee. If I had to pick two to make the postseason, Milwaukee's the odd man out there. They might be. I'm going to. So on Sunday was a perfect summary of who the Brewers are. Sunday against the Reds. They yeah. lost four to two in extra innings. Corbin Burns is on the mound at home against Graham Ashcraft, rookie for the Reds, who we do like, but it's Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns pitched phenomenally. Six innings, two hits, one on run, nine strikeouts. Who blew it, do you think, for the Brewers? Did you end up watching that game? Uh, I did not. Uh, I know Devin Williams had already blown a save. Did he blow it again? Wasn't Devin Williams. It was Taylor Rogers. There we go. In that trade over there for Josh Hader. The offense couldn't hit against a Reds bullpen that has been one of the worst in baseball. Graham Ashcraft has struggled mightily against teams within his division. Brewers were minus 290 on the money. I thought, oh, we might as well just throw that in any other parlay. It's Burns against a guy who's been beaten up by the Brewers before. But when the Brewers aren't hitting, they have no prayer of winning. No prayer. Because they don't have that lockdown bullpen like we're used to seeing. They, While they might get a phenomenal start from a guy like Corbin Burns, it won't be enough. And they get shut out. By mediocre pitching. Imagine when they face the Braves, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Padres, even the Phillies in their front two, the Cardinals. It's They're not going to win these games. They're just not good enough. And the Brewers, like, they just pissed me off at the deadline. They did. They pissed me off. I just, what were you doing? You should have added bats, kind of similar to the Guardians. They just punted on that and said, you know what? We're not going to be able to pay Josh Hader. See you later. Didn't love that return either. My brain is, I'm not peak neurons, but it's almost making me upset. I hope this is good radio. I I think it might be. And you got to mix in a coffee if you're not at peak neurons firing. I've got my uh, my caffeinated Mio here. Electrolytes, a hint of caffeine. It is awesome. Mio, sponsor us now. Um, I don't, I don't want to say that it was a bad return for Hater um, because we'll have to see. I think Robert Gasser can be really good. Um, I think Ruiz can be really good. So it, it, it's hard to immediately call it a good return or a bad return, but it's always hard giving up Josh Hader. Um, but we shall skew positive now. Yes. Because while the Brewers might not necessarily be a postseason team, the Cardinals are turning into the leader of the NL Central by two games, and they can run away with this division. What St. Louis has done since the All-Star break, we're uh, uh, what, today's Monday, August 8th. In August, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado are two of the best hitters in all of baseball through the first week. Those two stars are leading the Cardinals. They are getting good outings from Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana, two newcomers. Adam Wainwright is matching tat for tat. I know he got hit pretty hard against New York, but I mean, a 40-year-old Wainwright, I don't know what to expect anymore. 
Um, I think this team has the makings of a really good team. And I think that this could be an NLCS caliber team. We'll see what we'll see what kind of shit they pull off um, on paper. They will not stack up with the Mets or the Braves or whoever they meet up with in the NLDS. But I like I I just I'm not going to put anything past the St. Louis Cardinals if they get to the postseason and it looks like they're going to. Freaking knew it. Knew the Cardinals were really good. I'm even on Cardinals radio, you know, every couple of weeks with Nate Lucas. Uh, it's called High Noon um, on 590 in Missouri. And I'm talking to him and, and, you know, the Cardinals were going through a major lull. And I was almost walking them off the plank in a way. Like, hey, this team is really good. Tyler O'Neill is injured. I mean, they're just not getting a ton of production. The starting pitching looked a little bleak, but I was like, watch the deadline. They're going to add pitching because they're a smart organization. They didn't give up any of their top prospects, and they come back with Quintana. Now I can finally talk about him. Six innings, one hit, one earned run, bunch of Ks, looked great. Jamon, Shoves, Pilanti has looked great. We boofed a little bit when we were talking about the Cardinals in the playoffs. We forgot about Miles freaking Michaelis, who is a dog and continues to shove. Wainwright, get Yadier Molina back. He's back to being Tom Brady. Every single thing on this team is, is clicking. You know, they trade away Bader. Doesn't matter. Dylan Carlson is a savant out there. Outfield, O'Neal is, is cooking again. Brendan Donovan, who's been a rookie that's kind of come out of the ashes for them, is great. Getting Yadi back is huge. Edmund is still picking it like nobody's business. The Cardinals are one of the best teams in the National League. Everything is falling into place here. Bullpen is superb. They're a great team. And they're the first place team in the Central, and they will not relinquish it for the rest of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Is Goldie the NL MVP? Ed he has to be. He has to be. I mean, he's, he's been the best hitter in baseball, or maybe not baseball because he got Judge and Jordan, but in the National League. There's a lot of guys you could say, but if we're looking at the betting odds, he's number one. So Vegas thinks so. And it's hard to find an argument against him. You could go get one of those Dodgers over there. Um, you know, Austin Riley is insane. Riley's <laughs> insane. Pete Alonzo is incredible. You know, there's there's some guys, but yeah, it's Goldie. Pete Alonzo, I think, has 17 runs driven in since the All-Star break. He's awesome. He's a he freak. is so good, dude. He's, he's so... like a really good contact hitter on top of this. Puts up good at bats. The, the, the narrative that Pete Alonso is this big strikeout home run guy is just not true. He's He puts up good at bats all the time. Does he swing and miss a little bit? Yeah. Does he get blown away by high veal at the top of the zone? Yes, sometimes. But he's like a better contact hitter than most hitters in baseball. And he's giving you 40 and 110. Yeah, Maybe mean, 130 this year. I mean, he's awesome. He's going to lead the league in RBIs. I, I do believe that. And Pete Alonso, like, he's just the thick boy that happens to be really strong. That's what Pete Alonso is. He he and Jordan, I think, are cut from a very similar cloth. And I think that Jordan is, like, a generational hitter. I think Pete Alonso is not far off of that, where Jordan is a very, very good contact hitter. Jordan Alvarez can hit. 300 with 40 bombs and 100 and driven in. That's what Jordan Alvarez is. And Jordan Alvarez looks like a Hall of Famer. We've said it since the beginning of this podcast at the beginning of last year. Um, what Pete Alonso has the possibility of doing every year is hitting well above 250, not striking out more than 30% of the time, Less. and hitting 40 homers with 110 driven in. Yep. He's got an opportunity to do that every single year because he is just a big beefy motherfucker that hits tanks one of the bets i'm sitting on is pete alonzo to lead the league in home runs and another bet pete alonzo to lead the league in rbis not just the nl into all of baseball yeah i like the rbi one but judge is probably going to take away that home run one but can he get more rbis than aaron judge that's what i'm sitting on and i, I want that one to win Judge 97, Alonso 95, J-Ram 87. Those are the yeah. top three in Major League Baseball right now. Come on, Petey. Bring us home, baby. But I also am sitting on Aaron Judge plus 1,800 to win AL MVP, which is... Oh, yeah, that'll work. So I'm pushing Aaron Judge MVP propaganda, whether with Shea literally behind me. Pushing Aaron Judge MVP propaganda. That's fine. Bias, I sure, I want to win money. Sue me. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, let's talk the Mets right now because we did just dabble in Pete Alonso. The Mets are second post-All-Star break in Team OPS, actually behind the Milwaukee Brewers, believe it or not. Uh, but that can be a little bit misleading. Luke. 
the Mets have the best team batting average in Major League Baseball since the All-Star break. The Dodgers are hitting 282. The Mets are hitting 298 as a team. The Mets are a 300 hitter since the All-Star break. What they do one through nine, and now that they're running out Scherzer and DeGrom on back-to-back days, makes them the most intimidating team in the National League, I think. Like, the Dodgers obviously are the big, bad Dodgers. But the Mets, if you're going into a weekend series and you see Friday, Scherzer, Saturday, DeGrom, Sunday, who gives a fuck? And you got to deal with Alonso. You got to deal with Frankie Lindor. You got to deal with Starling Marte, Mark Canna. You got to deal with Jeff McNeil. All these guys, there's no break. We saw Spencer Strider have no break on Sunday afternoon through 80 pitches and two and two thirds because that's what this team does. And then they've got a really good pitcher and the best closer in baseball right now coming out of the bullpen. Like they are as well-rounded as there is in the National League. Nimmo and Marte setting the table has been phenomenal for them. Then you got Frankie Lindor hitting third, who, you know, isn't going to wow you offensively, but he's been very solid this year, driving in a ton of runs. He's probably going to end up with 25 home runs again. He's probably going to hit his 270, 280. He, and then he, of course, is picking at a shortstop. No worries there, but there's never been a worry there. It's just, can he be elite offensively? Probably not, but he's perfect in the three hole there to separate the two righties and Pete Alonso and Starling Marte. Jeff McNeil is an absolute dog. You can continue to name guys in their lineup. The only rest in the lineup is at the catching position, whether it's Thomas Nito or James McCann. But those two guys are both great defensively, and it's clear that they've been huge money makers with this starting rotation. And moving into the starting rotation, you know, the talk of the town is, of course, DeGrom and Scherzer, as it should be. But Bassett is a stud. Tywin Walker has had some tough outings, but he's still a really good four. And then, you know, you have combinations of David Peterson, Tyler McGill. You know, we could continue to name names. But I'm saying when you got to start with DeGrom or Scherzer coming in from the pen afterwards with Edwin Diaz, he ain't scoring. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't scoring no matter who you are. They are so dangerous in the playoffs. They should be one of the front runners. In the World Series, the only reason I would say that they're not right in the National League is because the Dodgers are just the best team in baseball. But I wouldn't say that you're wrong if you called the Mets the second best team in baseball, not just American League, National League, but straight up second best team in baseball. They've earned it. Now, stay healthy now. Stay healthy. Stay healthy now. Don't let yeah. DeGrom go down. Don't let a Scherzer thing. Don't let Bassett get dinged up. If Edwin Diaz, for some reason, were to get hurt, and this is all conjecture because they aren't getting hurt. They, yeah. I mean, they haven't. Or, I mean, DeGrom has. But yeah. they, a guy like Diaz hasn't. Right. But if he falls off, I don't have a ton of confidence in this bullpen outside of him. But right now, on paper, Dan Vogelback has been raking too, which is awesome. <laughs> They are so good. Yeah, they're really freaking good. A team that will not nip them, but looks like they are going to be a postseason team, and we did not think so two months into the season are the Philadelphia Phillies, who are winners of five in a row, nine of their last ten, and JT Realmuto, Reese Hoskins, Alec Bohm have been standing on their heads over the yep. last two weeks. It's yep. incredible what they're doing. And the fact that the Phillies have gone on a stretch where they've won nine of their last 10 without Bryce Harper. I would have looked at you like you had four heads. If you told me that that was going to happen before this year started. Um, the I was one of like, I feel like I was one of the last holdouts on the Phillies after they fired Girardi. Um, I just thought that this season was like a wash for them, but credit to them, man. I mean, they turned this ship around. It was a complete 180 and, uh, I mean, this team looks like they actually have something f- that they're fighting for right now. Uh, I didn't think that they would have that in them, but there's a shit ton of fight in the Philadelphia Phillies at the moment. Yes. And I'm still not ready to say that we're wrong, though. Because what did we also say about the Phillies? That we knew that this team, if they get hot, can be lethal. If Wheeler and Nola are shoving, if Ranger Suarez bounces back, and the bullpen performs well and everybody's hitting on offense... They're one of the best teams in the National League, straight up. You look at their lineup, I mean, it's incredible. But at the same time, if they all start striking out, they're not playing good defense, 
Wheeler and Nola aren't that great. Wheeler, I'm not even putting him in that boat. He's so fucking amazing. He's so good. So good. I mean, he's top 10 or top five. He's unreal. He's so good. But I still don't truly believe in them. And now I'm just looking at the July schedule. You know, they're they're taking two of three from some good teams, right? The Cardinals. Yeah. um, You know, two of three from the Cardinals. Actually, then they split a series with the Cardinals. They took two of, or no, they lost two of, they lost two games to the Blue Jays. But yeah, you know, they beat up on the Marlins. You know, they actually kind of got run up on by the Cubs. They split with the Braves. You know, they crushed the Pirates. They ran through the Nationals. Let's see. But at the same time, I want to give them their flowers because they've absolutely earned it. And they really have been clicking on all cylinders. You just named those three. I mean, Kyle Schwarber on top of it has been great. Yeah. You know, Nick Cassianos has not been, but at least he's looked better. Yes. You know, from one to nine, it really is a lethal offense. And if Wheeler and Nola and Ranger are back, I don't believe in Gibson. I don't believe in Syndergaard. But the bullpen, I keep saying it's going to blow up, and it has been good this year. Again, I just don't believe in some of those arms. Yeah. But they've been killing it. They surpassed the Brewers. I wouldn't be shocked if they get in into the playoffs. And you never know. Anything could happen in the playoffs. Yeah. The Phillies just need to sneak in. I I think I really like the Syndergaard move um, because I think why you don't like Syndergaard, I like Syndergaard. Um, what does that mean? Or while, not why. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. While you don't like Syndergaard, I like Syndergaard. I don't think that Noah is Thor. I, I don't think that he is, you know, the, the guy that was all world with the Mets anymore. And we saw that with Anaheim, but I think that Syndergaard can put together five innings of two run ball for the Phillies. And that's all they need Noah Syndergaard to do. And that's all, you know, that is the impact that they were expecting to get in a deal that sends Mickey Moniak back to Anaheim. Like that's, you know, they, they bought relatively low on Syndergaard. Yeah. And I think that if the standard is low, um, he's going to hit it. If the standard is even medium, then he's going to hit it. But if you set, a Thor of years prior standard for Noah Syndergaard, he's not going to reach it. I agree. The Phillies have been hot. They deserve flowers. Yes. I'm just not saying that I'm we're wrong yet. Uh, Not yet. Not yet. yet. Um, The league runs through the LA Dodgers last team that we got to hit because while we talk about all these teams that are peaking and valleying, There is one team that is just consistent as hell. The Dodgers have won eight in a row, nine of their last 10. They're 75 and 33. They are, I don't know, a billion games clear of like the next best team elsewhere. What the Dodgers do is just commendable because it's a factory. They have turned themselves into a factory over the last five years. And this is just another year of record-breaking production for them. They're the best from the top down. Yes. Scouting, player development, analytics department, one of the best GMs, one of the best offenses, one of the best bullpens once they get Blake Trinan back, one of the best starting rotations, one of the best ballparks, some of the best fans, they are an incredible, incredible franchise. And my biggest future of the year, Los Angeles Dodgers, over 97 and a half wins. I put so much on it. And I said, if they don't hit this, I will dye my hair or I will bleach my hair. Thank God that I'm probably not going to have to do that. You're going to stay your lose. beautiful Auburn. Yep. Thank you. I would look like a Q-tip. Look awful. Thank God. I would look like like Homelander's dumbass cousin. Yeah. Thank you, Dodgers, for hitting that win total. But at the same time, screw you. It's unfair. It's unfair. They're the best at everything, and they have the most money on top of it. I don't think it's unfair yet because they've only won one World Series. It's in 2020. Yes. Yes, that is absolutely correct. So when they win three in a row, like we expect them to do at some point in the next five years, uh, then I think we can call the Dodgers unfair. But until they actually do it and prove that they are dynastic, 
I don't think we can call it unfair yet. They're just trying to beat everybody at a game that is so hard to rig. Let's talk about how Max Muncy is heating up again. Yeah, I was not. Cody, Cody's heating up too. Uh, Bellinger, I am so happy to see Cody Bellinger not suck anymore. Dude, he needed that so bad. Tyler Anderson has a 2.72 ERA. He's 13 and 1. He is actually good. The changeup is unreal. They're going to get Dustin May back, who I'm not speaking hyperbole here. Looks like DeGrom in the minor leagues. He's not going to be as good as DeGrom. I know. But just the look, the zipping fastball, the long limbs, the extension. They are, they're going to get Bueller back too. Be worried, rest of the league. That's why I can't give the Mets as much flowers as Mets fans hope because the Dodgers are the Los Angeles juggernauts. And Andrew Heaney, like you mentioned, Tyler Anderson, Andrew Heaney, six (laughs) starts, 28 innings, two earned runs. What even is that? I don't know. I remember when he had a seven and a half ERA with the Yankees last year. He gave up a home run an inning. Now I I don't think he's allowed a home run this year. 35 and two thirds innings with the Yankees, 13 home runs, 28 innings with the Dodgers, one home run. I'm actually surprised he's given up a home run. I haven't seen it. (laughs) Gave up a bomb. 28 innings, 18 hits against him. This dude is nuts. Nuts. The Dodgers are nuts. Like, Heaney's not nuts. The Dodgers are nuts. The Dodgers are nuts. I I don't even want to give the credit to Heaney, even though, like, he probably deserves it because it's actually him doing the job. Like, of course, we're choking around. It's, you know, it's on Heaney. But the Dodgers figured out something, and it was funny. You know know what I thought was so interesting and when I knew Heaney was going to be good for the Dodgers? Because they signed him at like five minutes past the deadline. Yeah. Like when free agents finally got let out, they signed him immediately. They probably saw something and were like, we're going to make you into something. Then yeah, they gave him exactly. $8 million And I thought, what? And I'm like, well, no shit. You gave him $8 million. It's a steal. Because he's, <laughs> because he's incredible for them. Dude, it's so ridiculous what this guy does. I mean, I don't, I don't understand Andrew Heaney, but like here we are. Here we are. And that Arias guy is pretty good. Yeah, he's fine. Julio's good. Um, no, I mean, the Dodgers are a juggernaut, and we can have we can talk for 45 minutes to an hour, five days a week about baseball. But at the end, you just finish it with the Dodgers are really good. Yeah. It's kind of like when you talk about the NBA in the like 2013 when you had the Heat. Yeah, it was and just like, like, oh, and the Heat. And the Heat are also, but still the best. You we can, can talk about the second. Suns and the Jazz if you want, but LeBron's over there. Yeah, with D-Wade and Bosch and shit. Yeah, so you we can talk about the Phillies all we want, but they might match up with the Dodgers in the NLDS, and that'll be that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. It's like, yes, yeah, sneak in and anything can happen. Good luck, Philly. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. And, and, you know, that's what we said last year about the Dodgers. And, you know, that Dodgers-Giants series was incredible. But, I mean, it's it's the fucking Dodgers. I also, on TikTok Live, I was just on it this morning, and I was like, Phillies fans, hold me accountable. I don't truly believe in your team. And I'm going to say it straight over this airwaves. And I'm going to say it to you on TikTok lives. If they are playoff team and they get through a round, hold me accountable. Come at me. You were wrong. Yeah. But if I'm right, I want to hear it, Philly. I want to hear that I was right. You want to pay okay? for successes. Yeah. That's all I ask. I understand. Me accountable. But then give me my flowers if I'm right. Understood. All right, uh, close us out with all the uh, promo plugs. The only promo that we really have is download prize picks. Yes. Use code just baseball. I'm going to have a Twitter space going off at around 5 p.m. Eastern daily, going over the picks for today. We're playing daily fantasy. We've been doing very well lately. Um, a lot of green goblins, as my friend Booker with Trent would say it, when they're all greened out on prize picks. Okay. Um, and you get a full deposit match when you download. Um, player props. Also, if you guys want to check out my podcast, not gambling advice, um, daily picks, and will be best bets about 10 minutes every single day. That is sponsored by prize picks. If you're down to listen to some more prospect knowledge, go check out the call up with arm and Jack. Yes. If you want to check out state of division, 
six days a week. State of the Division podcast, 15 minutes on your division, six days a week. And you know what? Get yourself some Just Baseball merch. How about that? That works too. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love a five-star review. Tell us what you like about us. It's the best way to help out our podcast is get you some merch and give us a five-star review. Only takes a couple of seconds. You don't even have to write anything. Just tap that five-star. We'd greatly appreciate it. And with that, thank you, everybody. And the Dodgers are really good.